Into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We just talked to a former Saint in Mike Carney. We're talking to another former New Orleans Saint right now in Jonathan Vilma. Good morning, Jonathan. How's life, man? What's going on? Life is good. Life is good. How you guys doing? We're good, man. So uh, you may not have an answer to this first question, but it's something that we ask every first-time guest. Uh, do you have a favorite Beastie Boys song? Maybe? I don't think so. Name me a couple. I mean, you know, some of their more popular ones were like Sabotage or Fight for Your Right to Party. You know, those are the more well-known ones, right? Yeah, so I'll go with Fight for Your Right to Party because for that reason, I remember that one. There you go. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, Man, look, before I ask you a few things about your time with the Saints and the Super Bowl and, of course, FanDuel, I just wanted your thoughts on uh, Brian Flores and – you know, his his lawsuit against the NFL. I know, you know, many are praising it. Of course, not everybody. But your overall thoughts on him kind of taking a stand and, and acknowledging that he's he's probably putting his his future coaching career on the line by doing what he feels is, is the right thing to do. I would definitely have to learn more about and read into it more and read the lawsuit more to understand it. Um, I would say to your point, knowing that he, as you just said, can essentially be blackballed from the NFL uh, as a head coach moving forward and still felt the need to put it out there and, and not just put it out there in a, you know, like some of the young kids do, a little IG post or something, he's filing a lawsuit. Uh, that, let me, that lets me know that there may be some credibility to it. And I don't want to jump the gun. You never know what, what's right, wrong, different, or different perspective. But... I would say that it's definitely something that's worth looking into from everybody from a very, very objective point of view. No doubt. You know, hearing you say that, of course, you had to deal with, I would say, uh, from where I'm sitting, Jonathan, a lot of of BS with Bounty Gate. There was so much about that that was misunderstood, but you certainly learned, I guess. Exactly why I I said exactly what I said. So 10 years later, you know, I, I, I remember that whole thing, and inev- inevitably, Paul Tagliabue exonerated you and some of your teammates, but it's almost like sometimes you put stuff out there and the damage is just done. Like, 10 years later, what's the most misunderstood aspect of that story that, that you hear about or that you think, you know, the public still views in a certain light? Um, I wouldn't say anything specific 10 years later. You know, when people talk about it now, they realized it was just a big, uh, you know, basically optics, a PR move when you think about it because mm-hmm. that's when the NFL was dealing with the CTE lawsuit um, that had just come around. And so a lot of – I don't – I rarely, unless you're a Vikings fan, right, I rarely get anyone that says anything to the contrary of, oh, that was just BS, you got railroaded, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it, to your point, Scott, of, you know, there's a, there was a lot of misinformation out there. That's exactly why nowadays I'm very, very mindful of not passing judgment one way or another until all the facts come out. Or at least forget the, forget the facts that the NFL wants to put out, in this case against Flores, 
uh, it's more about me doing my research to find the facts and then come to my conclusion as opposed to just listening to what ESPN and the talking heads say because that information can also be skewed. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, you working in TV now, is is there a part of you that, First of all, I guess a two-part question. Let me start on on a positive note, Jonathan. What's the best part of working in TV covering the NFL? You know, the best part really is selfishly, it, it puts me mentally back into playing mode. Um, working with Fox and calling games has been so much fun because each week I feel like I'm getting ready for a game, and I, I break down – the both teams, the offense, the defense. I know what they're going to run. I know their strengths, their weaknesses, and I get to just talk ball on Sunday. Right? That, I really enjoyed that part of it because I'm talking ball from a player's perspective, watching film, and it's not the tea leaves of what somebody else said from some other network about a player. Like, I don't. That, that's to me. That's not uh, football. That's not news. That's not fun, to be quite honest. So I really enjoy that part of it. And then the other part I like is you have that I understand why they call fans fanatics, right? When you have players or plays or a team and they're not doing well, and, you know, I, I love that I will speak very bluntly and honestly, good or bad, and I love when I get the – I call them the trolls on Instagram and Twitter – saying how, oh, you, you just hate the Chargers for that one time in 2004 that they beat you, and you're still bitter over that. <laughs> right, right. Like that. I'm like, dude, 17 years later, I don't even remember the score to the game of that play. So tell me, am I really still bitter? So, you know, stuff like that is always uh, super fun to read. I love reading those. Uh, but, you know, just all in all, it, it's what football is. I like watching, talking it, um, good or bad about the players. That's what I enjoy. Yeah, man, you know, you know you're doing a good job as a color analyst if every fan base dislikes you, right? And I know, I know, the, oh, Saints, yeah. I know the Saints fan base <laughs> doesn't dislike you, Jonathan, but I'm sure you've probably heard from a few oh, Saints oh, fans oh, on Twitter no. that are like, why, why are you calling it? Why are you rooting for our team? You know, I'm sure you've heard from a few crazies, you know what I mean? Hold on, Scott. Let me tell you what happened. I, I called the, the Saints-Falcons game when the Falcons beat the Saints first time uh, this season at, at home in New Orleans. And, again, I just called the game how I see it. Uh, you would not believe how many people were in my DM, Instagram, saying, <laughs> you're a disgrace to the Saints. I can't believe you called the game like that. You you turned into a Falcon fan. I can't believe this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw away your jersey. You would not believe how many people in my DMs. I'm like, oh, I didn't lose the game. All right, listen, Matt Ryan is playing well. Matt Ryan is playing well. The defense is stinking up. They're stinking up. What do you want me to do? And so just just to the point of fanatics, they were on me for that game because I was not sugarcoating what was happening. And so the fans, even the same fans, they, they let me have it a little bit too. So, yeah, I've, I've been doing a really good job. There you go. Well done. Yeah, fandom and objectivity are, are two things that typically don't go together. Uh, I know we got you on a clock, man, real quick. the uh, Just that 9 team that won the Super Bowl, what was the culture like in that locker room? I know you were a defensive captain and a big part of it. How was the culture in that locker room? 
you know, when you look back at, at your many years playing football? You know, the culture was great. Uh, I just can't say anything, uh, any better adjective to describe it. It really was, when I look back on it now, it reminded me as close to my playing days in college football at UM that I had. And those were the funnest four years I had at University of Miami. We won a lot of games, had a lot of fun. I still had friends from those teams. And I remember when I got to the NFL, I was, I was waiting and hoping for that type of culture to happen again. And I didn't get that until I was with the Saints. And I remember thinking, man, this is what football is supposed to be like. Right? This is what the NFL is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be fun. You, you truly enjoy the guys you're playing with on and off the field. You have fun with them. You, you go back and forth. It was really like brothers. And I, I tell some of the young guys now, I said, look, if you have a brother, do you not fight with your brother every now and then? Yeah. Does it not get physical every now and then, once in a while? Yeah. Okay, and then what do you guys do afterwards? I mean, nothing. We give it a day and it's all good. And I said, that is how it should be in the locker room. You should be. You should be. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Go on, go. You preach. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I, I, I said, you should be this close with your brothers on your team where you can have a squabble. You can have a lot of fun, but you can also have a squabble, and you guys should be able to talk to each other very bluntly. And if it comes physical and gets physical, fine. I mean, it doesn't get past that, but you guys have to really love each other in order to go out there and play for each other for any given situation because it doesn't matter what the coach calls you guys got to execute. And it may be a bad call, but you know what? Coaches mess up too. So make him right and vice versa. So that's what I loved about my time with the Saints, my time in New Orleans. And as I said, from those years, I still have my closest friends from those times because it was truly a bonding experience. It wasn't just I come to work, I come to play, and that's it. Well, I, I, I've talked to a lot of your teammates from that team. I'd love to interview you get in the future because i got tons of questions but before we let you go we got to hit on fan duel right sports betting went live in louisiana last friday a lot of people i know a lot of listeners they made their first legal bets from the comfort of their home over the weekend uh what, what are you guys working with at fan duel and what do you feel like separates you guys from from all the options fans have an aspect of fan duel responsible gaming portion aspect of fan duel is what separates us from other betting sites. Uh, when people think of betting, the first thing you have to do is erase the stigma of someone losing their mortgage, betting it on a game, someone losing the fan duel is only there in the middle of dinner. Like that's not like that's not what fan duel is. That's not what fan duel is about. It's about complementing the sports arena. And it's, so, it's really as simple as saying, man, I really like that this team is going to win. I really think they're going to win. Oh, you know what? I'm going to put $20 on it. I'm going to put $40 on it. Add to the excitement of the game as opposed to I'm putting FanDuel is about and they'll never promote on it. Sure. And I really can't afford it. Like that's not what FanDuel is about and they'll never promote that. And so that's what I really like and that's what really separates FanDuel from the other companies where you have this responsible component, responsible aspect to the betting. It's completely legal, completely regulated. You get taxed. And players, when I say the players, the people looking for 
the players, and I say the players, the people making the bets, and it'll be fun for them watching the sports game. Jonathan Vilma has been our guest. Man, uh, let's do it again in the future. I got all kind of questions, but I know I, I know you got to run. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, and keep ticking off every fan base when you're in the booth because that means you're doing it right. <laughs> I'll do my best, Scott. Take all care. right, man. Take care. And there you have it. That is Jonathan Vilma. And, and I will say, um, you know, in, in, in his defense with the Brian Flores thing, I recorded that yesterday afternoon with Jonathan. He had been doing a lot of rounds of interview, promoting FanDuel, and it broke while he was doing it. So, you know, I asked him about it. He said he wanted to do a lot more reading up on it. And, um, you know, to that point, I'm sure he really hadn't got to, to dig into the story much.